Oh hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery, to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. Today's guest is another one that is a little bit close to home, this time because Jordan from The Caker runs a cake business, something that I am pretty familiar with from my previous life at Sweet Bakery and Cakery. The Caker is an Auckland-based bakery which started out when founder Jordan started a cake blog when she was just 21. This seems to be a little bit of a reoccurring theme, I guess, on some of these episodes. And I know that a lot of people will be really interested to hear how you take your blog to the next level and beyond, like Jordan has done so successfully. The Caker Cakes are definitely not typical. They're mostly made with alternative sugar and flour options, and they're decorated with fruit, coolie, and edible flowers. It's definitely a distinct style, and one you'll probably recognize when you see it. Right now, Jordan is actually based in Los Angeles. She's busy working away on bringing the caker to life over there. Exactly what that looks like and what the move has been like, I I can't wait to hear all about it, as well as finding out what impact COVID-19 has had on Jordan's business, both here and what it's been like over in the States as well. So while recording this episode, Jordan was definitely in the thick of Los Angeles life. So you can hear a little bit of background noise, I'm sorry. And you even hear a helicopter joining our chat partway through. But, you know, I just think that makes it a little bit more authentic. So let's get stuck in. Hi, Jordan. Thank you so much for jumping in for a chat with us today, especially all the way from LA, which is just amazing. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about the cake story, I guess, especially because my background is in cake as well. So we can just talk cake together all afternoon. Um, But before we get too far into that, let's quickly just do a little icebreaker with some this or that questions for you. So are you ready to roll? Yes, I am. Cool. I'm going to launch in with a little bit of a mean one for you first. I'm going to do LA or Auckland? Oh, gosh. Um, That's hard, eh? That's mean. Sorry. It is hard. (laughs) Auckland, because it's where I'm from. Yeah. It's it's home. It's always home. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love LA, and this is where I've chosen to kind of expand things to, but Auckland is what I wake up thinking about, like... Oh, that's a beautiful way to put it. I like that. All right, next up we've got pants or dress slash skirt. Pants for me. I'm a pants gal. And then (laughs) flowers or houseplants? Flowers for me. I always have a bunch of flowers around the house. Um, There are plants as well, but that's flowers is the thing I'll sort of go out of my way to make sure I have and arrange and you know spend time like putting in the right place and yeah Mm, and I guess as well with your cakes the flowers are kind of a big part of those so that's probably not that surprising (laughs) I love flowers 
Next up, we've got baking or business. So in your kind of business, do you prefer the baking side or the business side? I prefer the baking side. Um, I guess just for this one, it, I do have a bit to say just because, you know, the reason I started the cake was because I was obsessed with baking and I would, you know, bake as soon as I got home from school every day and mm-hmm. that's just what I was super into. And then when it did turn into a business, um, that was when it kind of, you know, the the baking, I guess, lost its its uh, relaxing kind of you know effects that it used to have on me and it, it, <laughs> it became a business and so it was it just turned into something completely different and I've learned to love that side of it but it's also um I'm so grateful that I have my sister as my business partner now because she's technically more the business brain than I am and I I like to focus on the creative the creative side of things more than so I, I am lucky that I've got her her assistance in that way. Yeah, I definitely would love to hear more about that later because I think that's really cool that you guys have managed to split your kind of skills across the business like that. It sounds like a really smart direction. Um, and then finally we've got, would you rather go out for breakfast or brunch or dinner? Oh, um, dinner. Dinner, definitely. I love going out for dinner and I'm just, I can't wait to do that again. Yeah, that's a bit mean at the moment. <laughs> Is there a good um, good food scene in LA? It's incredible. It's honestly incredible. I don't know if everyone knows that. And I, you know, I think people kind of have this connotation that food in America sucks. But um, LA in particular just has the most incredible fresh produce and amazing chefs and there's some really really good restaurants here nice so good that you've been able to explore that side of things not at the moment obviously although you can still get takeaway but yes it's much less rigid than it is in new zealand by the sounds of things Mm, yeah that's what i've heard too all right so now that we're a little bit warmed up uh we'll jump into i call this kind of first bit of the chat in my planning business as usual because i just love what to hear um first up like how you founded and grew the business and then toward more towards the end we'll chat about COVID 19 and put it in its own little bubble which is kind of appropriate actually so i know that you started the cake originally when you had a blog back when you were i think it was 21 i heard um but before that or maybe like around that time were you also studying or working like what was your pre-caker background yeah so at that same time I was at Auckland Uni doing a, a BCom so a commerce degree um, I was also working part-time at Karen Walker and then after that Kate Sylvester so I was doing a few things at the same time um, but only a few months after kind of launching the caker and incorporating it it just took over all of my time and so I I sort of had to quit those part-time jobs I graduated uni the year after and just committed all my time to the caker that's amazing how quickly it all changed what was your um yeah what was your major for your bcom degree I did marketing and international business Ah, interesting. And both of those are kind of relevant now for you. To be honest, they are. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I had kind of no idea. But 
they have turned out to be quite relevant. Yeah, that's nice. Nice to hear that. It's not always that common. And so when you kind of made that transition from having a blog that was kind of like a hobby and then turned that into a business, I think a lot of people would probably like to hear how that how you even do that. Like what does that move look like and do you remember some of those steps that you took to make that happen? Yeah, I do. I think um, it's actually a lot easier than, than it might appear from from the surface. Like, you know, I started this blog, I it was it became a vessel for selling cakes online and then I realized, oh okay, I have to incorporate this business because I have to have a tax number and um, you know, I have to have a business bank account and all this kind of thing. But it was all very straightforward and it's actually really easy to form a company with the company's office and it costs not much and you just go to your bank and you set up a bank account and it's kind of it was it, it didn't take too long and I, I would happily write the steps down for someone because it I know it seems scary but it honestly wasn't that hard that's a really good point because it does sound really intimidating like when you hear incorporate a company it sounds but it's actually you're right you just log on you do it all online you log on you sign a few things done yeah exactly it's a bit harder when you go to sort of you know form a website and all that stuff you need a, a web builder and that kind of thing so that was that was when it got a bit more complicated but the actual like forming the business side of things is quite straightforward in New Zealand at least yeah and then there was kind of like I guess for you there was a next stage because it it started out as being like a business attached kind of to the blog and then it's grown from there into being like a full national brand you've got a cookbook and baking kits and everything that's like another leap forward I guess what was that kind of growth spurt like for you did it all happen quite naturally or did it keep coming at you real fast um so my first recipe book happened really early on in the cakers kind of lifetime so I, I started it in 2010 and then in 2013 I got approached by um Random House which is now Penguin Random House and they said do you want to do a book and I said oh gosh I I'm not sure if I'm even ready I don't have enough recipes you know blah, blah blah come back in a year so they came back in a year oh sorry that was 2012 and then they came back in 2013 and so I did my first book then sort of only three years in and I was still pretty new at that stage like I was still kind of you know I it was full time but I was still I look back and I was like I was still finding my feet at that time um and then it was a couple of years later that I did my second book and at that in that same year 2015 I launched my first little line of baking kits um but I, I look back at that and I'm sort of like that was kind of almost more of a test run than anything like it there were it was very small numbers and it was only two flavors and you know my packaging wasn't right like it was I look at it as a test run and I did get into places like Farrow Fresh with them and it, you know, it did go well, but it definitely isn't what it is now. Like you, you evolve so much. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's kind of cringe when you look back at things you know, totally you like, Oh gosh. Okay. What? <laughs> but to be honest, like the rest, the two recipes that I had back then are, are ever so slightly different now, but they're actually pretty much the same. So it was a good little building block, but, yeah, the packaging was entirely different. 
<laughs> I guess we kind of call those um, steps that you were kind of making, I called them growth spits. So I guess, did you find that there were some growing pains that came along? I guess, especially because of how quickly you grew, that that's quite a lot to happen at once. And you have to, like you say, learn and grow as you go. Were there any moments along the way that, that nearly kind of broke you as you went along? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> so many, <laughs> so many. Um gosh, I don't even know where to start. I think, you know, there's just one particular moment that stands out where we had moved premises and it was, it was, I was, this was when I was sort of spending the entire day at work, seven days a week, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, like the, the whole day. And there was just one day where I was like, let's, I'm going to rearrange this kitchen to make it a bit more efficient. I'm going to, you know, move around the ovens and I'm going to move around the benches and blah, blah, blah spent the entire night doing that and then ended up just putting it all back to where it was because that was actually the only way that it was going to work and there are just there are moments like that where you're just like oh my god like I am so exhausted and I'm not thinking straight and I'm (laughs) just making it way harder for myself than it needs to be there yeah there were a lot of difficult difficult hurdles and yeah every day was a learning curve and it still is. It still is. Yeah. With um, doing a baking business, especially, when, you know, like in the beginning when you are doing a lot of the baking yourself, it's physically really tiring as well. And so when you then add on to that the mental strains of trying to run a business, that's like a double whammy. Yeah, absolutely. I actually stopped baking pretty much like maybe th- three or four years ago. So I now have a team of the most incredible bakers and I you know I still step in and help and you know I still create the recipes and test them and stuff but I there was just no way that yeah you're right about the the mental versus you know physical capacity to do everything it it just wasn't actually working like there was a there was a stage where I had to step back and focus on the business and let the baking be done by people I trusted and have control over it still but not physically do it because there wasn't enough energy in my body (laughs) to do it yeah and you have to focus on the bits that you can add the most value and the bits that other people can't do I guess and then hand over well the creativity side of things was it started to fall away at a certain point because I didn't have enough time to to focus on that and that was what I was actually good at and so I'm you know that's when I was like okay I need help I need staff I need a team and they changed the entire business I think maybe it would be helpful if we pause for a little second and just take people listening give them a little bit of a rundown on your cakes before we talk too much about cake I imagine Mm -hmm. people want to picture it so if people Mm -hmm. haven't seen or tried them maybe you can tell us just quickly what is so special about those the cake cakes and why they've been so successful I think back in 2010 when I launched the cake there was a niche in the market for really homemade style cake so I'm talking you know I'm a, I'm a completely self-taught baker I ba- I've baked every day for my entire life and I still to this day use a domestic sized mixer do you know what I mean so it, it's I, I launched into the market with these cakes that tasted like you made it in your own home and they looked that way too because I, I entered with this ethos that 
cakes. Is that an airplane going should, over? <laughs> Sorry. That's a helicopter, yeah. Oh. Does that go near they're, your they're house? Endless. They're endless here. Like, oh. they're just always around. I feel like we haven't um, heard a plane in the sky here for so long that I'm like, what is an airplane? What is that noise? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, interrupted. <laughs> Let you keep going. Um, no, I just have this kind of ethos that it's like, a cake should taste even better than it looks. So while bake- bakers and bakeries at the time were focusing on perhaps more about how the cakes looked, I was focusing on that, but even more than that was how they tasted. And so, and that kind of then dictated how they looked because I think something that tastes yum is going to look yum as well. Um, and I, through my through my uh, my training, which was not professional training, but it was through my grandparents who were just the most, uh, are, sorry, they're still around, are the, are the most incredible cooks and bakers I ever hoped to come across, um, was choosing ingredients that taste great. And it's all about the quality of the ingredients and combining them in a certain way that you know the result is this this miraculous thing so it's about the ingredients and it's about it being homemade and not mass produced and and at that time it was kind of novel I think I entered at a, at a it was all about timing for me uh, obviously the flavor is the hugest part of it but I do think that that has led itself for you to a very distinct visual style obviously that's like your exactly signature. yeah you yeah and I like that yeah. it went that way around but it's ended up being mm-hmm. you know like people mm-hmm. want to put pictures of these cakes on Instagram because they look so beautiful so it's kind of become part and parcel but that's because yeah it's because they look like you want to eat them do you know what I mean it's not like they're not completely perfect um, and that's the beauty, yeah. And that's the beauty, yeah. Hmm. Exactly. I know that we used to get, it's sweet, we used to get, people would send us like actual, you know, like screen grabs from your website and be like, please make this cake. And I like, of course I know why, because they're so beautiful, but also like, I don't I don't want to just, co- I want to do things in my style and I want to you do your uh-huh. style. I don't just want to copy uh-huh. what makes you special. So I always struggled with that a little bit. Um, ha- did you notice that much of a problem with like copy cakes around the place after you started being so distinct um yeah a little bit but I guess I never had a problem with it because it didn't take long for those people to develop their own style and I think it's actually really natural for someone to take inspiration from someone else and then develop their own thing from there and I probably did that too honestly like we all have to take inspiration from somewhere but it it just you just need to de- take it to a new place eventually. And I've noticed that. Yeah. That's a, a very wise way of looking at it. Very mature. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned at the beginning that your sister, is it Anouk, is that right? Anouk, yeah. Anouk, yeah. She now works at the Keiko in New Zealand and she used to be a lawyer, I think I read, and she, you tempted her. She used to be a lawyer, yeah. Yeah. So what Mm -hmm. is her role in the business now and, like, what difference has it made to you having her there? Well, she's here in LA with me, actually. Oh, um, I didn't know that. That's cool. The two of us are here. Thank goodness, because I couldn't be doing this alone. Um, but she, so she joined me, gosh, must be four years ago now. Um, 
she did one year at a law firm and just kind of decided it wasn't really for her and she could see me needing help I think at that time I really was needing help so she came on and she what she did was um basically instilled like systems I didn't have any systems I was like oh okay in order here's here we go like I'll get this done you know but she was like okay we need this in place we need that that's the sort of brain she has she's like very pragmatic and very um incredibly organized and incredibly like I don't know she's just more just <laughs> I can't even explain how just oh she's she's incredible like I just couldn't I can't even imagine my life without her in it in it and it's um and we we are so different the two of us but we're best friends and I think that's why I think because our differences balance us out and especially in business too I'm allowed to be me and she's allowed to be her and then we each have our own roles and we work together every day but we each bring something different to the party you know that's so essential as well for like you know the, those um systems and processes like you mentioned if you actually want to grow and take it to the next level that's exactly what you need like it can't all be inside your head which i imagine it probably was at the beginning like you knew everything but it wasn't ever on paper anywhere um so that's yeah that's so valuable that you could that you could do that because a lot of businesses don't have time to ever do that no she was like here's it look we need to write a manual she was like yeah the staff need something to read and I was like oh I guess you're right yeah oh that's beautiful that she could be yeah such a valuable addition to things um I'd like to touch quickly on social media I think not like it's pretty rare that a, a chat like this goes by without touching on social media as a factor in business success um especially I guess for such an aesthetic product like you've got with the cake um what is your kind of experience been with social media have you found it to be really big part of what's been so successful with the caker I think it's been an, an incredibly essential part of, of the Caker's success. Um, I would love to see a picture of what it would be like without it, but I can't even really imagine. Um, yeah, it's, it's and you're right what you said about it being an aesthetic product because cakes are so, you know, photogenic basically. Um, it's, it's worked really well. And my next step with social media is is just growing my American following because really every every follower I have is in, is based in New Zealand, so I, and I'm just trying to figure that out now is is how to is how to grow my following into a whole different country, mm, which um, isn't as which easy is, as it sounds. Isn't as easy at all, no. Yeah, but yeah, again, so valuable to kind of replicate what you've had here and then take it which I'm sure we will, we will hear all about. Um, but I yeah. guess tied into that a little bit as well, um, which I imagine is another kind of ingredient of what's been so successful, is your kind of personal brand side of things. So you making a name for yourself, both tied to the business and separate from it, like you've you know had like your home featured in a lifestyle magazine and things like that. Yeah. Did, did you do that kind of thing sort of strategically or did you just find it happened naturally? I think from day one, it was quite an, a natural thing. However, it did 
I, I did separate myself from the business at a certain point where I was like, okay, I'm sick of being Jordan Rondell the caker. I want it to be the caker. And then we got some help from uh, like a branding kind of expert who we, we use for our packaging and he's he's amazing. Why don't you look at someone like Jamie Oliver, who's the naked chef? He, was, he has a, a line of products in the supermarket. People buy those products because it's Jamie Oliver's face on it. Do you know what I mean? And so I kind of took that and I was like, I guess you're right. People, people love a face behind a brand. They love a personality. And I was that in the beginning and then it kind of went away. But I want to bring that back. And so we put my name on the window of the caker and you know of the shop and it at, at first I was like oh god this is awful like I, I, you know I, I hate this amount of I hate my name being on the window but ultimately I think it was a really good branding decision um which was natural but it was also you know I'm not I'm not uh I'm not born and bred to be a at the forefront of of anything um and it, it 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 is it's hard kind of being the the face of a brand honestly it's it is a lot of pressure but i guess especially being in a smaller country as well like people probably do recognize you to some extent i get recognized sometimes but um it's usually people just being like, oh, I love you. I love your recipe in the Sunday Star Times. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You baked a recipe. That's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it sounds like it was it was very natural and it was, just came out of your personality. It was obviously people were attracted to that. And then I guess it makes sense that at some stage there was a point where you had to decide which direction to take it in. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that it's so natural is probably what makes it so great. And now I'm really playing on that. I'm like, I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm featured in a, a few of my latest shoots and stuff because I think that that's what's, at least in America, is what's helping the brand become what it is. Cool. I want to hear all about America. It sounds very exciting. I think maybe quickly we'll touch on, I'd like to hear a bit more about, we've already mentioned your baking kits and everything and that kind of non-freshly baked aspect of things if we call it that because I know that you know having been a cake business owner myself it's it's really stressful having your main product being not shelf stable super delicate and then also like geographically limited to the area that you're in because it doesn't travel that well um was that were those kind of add-on products for you a very deliberate move to try and deliberately diversify away um or did you know did something else come up no, that's exactly what it was. It was, okay, there's a lot of labor that goes into making a fresh cake. As you said, you're limited to your geographical area. Um, let's have a shelf product which we can ship all over the world. And so that was, yeah, that was that the reason for that decision to create a shelf product. And what was the process like of developing them? Because that, like you say, very different to fresh a fresh product. Um, you know, packaging, barcodes, like even nutritional information. How do you go about doing all that? Yeah, all that, all that stuff. And we're still, <laughs> we're still working on it. Um, it's like a, this never-ending process. Um, but basically, and I and I write this on my on the side panel of of the kits is the recipes that I used to develop the mixes 
are actually recipes that I developed for the bakery and I've just adapted them slightly so that they can be made in a home kitchen and, and you just have to add a, a couple of wet ingredients. So there's really nothing different about the actual product. Um, I've used the same, you know, basically the same ingredients from the same suppliers and I've just blended them up and, and packaged them so that my customers can to, you know, bake their own cake that tastes like a cakey cake in, in their own homes. Um, I have people helping me with these barcode issues because you're right. I if, if I had to do all this by myself, I don't think I would be where I am today. Like it, the help from my team has been just so crucial. Um, and, it, and it has been just a, I've learned so much along the way. And especially, and I know you want to talk about America later, but especially making things FDA, uh, you know, suitable is a whole nother ball game. I think what's really cool about all of that for you is just how generous you are with your recipes and your products. Like, I know that there's one side, some people might think, well, you can't share all of that because then people won't buy one from you. But I know that what I've, found was that um, pe- the people that order your cakes in store versus the people who bake them at home, it's basically like a different market. It's a different customer. Um, did you find that to be the case? Like have the baking mixes boosted your other side of your business and vice versa? Uh, that's really interesting you say that because I, yeah, totally. I was like, oh, I can't give away this recipe. But um, ultimately I want people to be able to experience how good it is without having to spend $65 on a fresh cake. Like I want people to be able to make their own version of it. And, um, and if that means kind of giving away the recipe, I, I still think that, yeah, you're right. That it is a different customer who's going to buy a cake from the bakery for a birthday celebration or, you know, versus someone who's just, who's going to bake one themselves. So I don't, I don't know how I, it would be, interesting to see how many sales were kind of lost because of the cake mixes I don't know but I also it's never really stopped me from sharing my recipes in the books and in the you know through the cake mixes like it's never been a huge a huge fear Mm, and it's obviously working so it's not caused a problem which is awesome especially I have to say during this particular time we're in um of course. it's been great having a, a product which people can bake from home because they're able everyone's to have their home. cake fix <laughs> yes and everyone's at home <laughs> yeah. yeah so let's talk a little bit about LA and everything which is obviously uh-huh. a very exciting part of your journey um I think was it two years ago that you moved out there around that yeah, about two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And what was there? Was there something in particular that you were chasing, like a particular opportunity that popped up that prompted the move, or like why LA? Where did it come from? Yeah, good question. I had been traveling to LA for the last five years. So my boyfriend uh, is he travels the world basically, and but he kind of had based himself in LA, and so I would come here a lot. And I just really, really liked this city. Like I, for some reason, felt like it was a bit like home quite quickly. And that's not really a common opinion about LA because it's it's a very 
big just varsity but so I guess ultimately it's just somewhere I wanted to actually live and I guess on top of that I saw a gap in the market for my style of cakes and this huge population who loves cake and loves supporting a new business and loves you know that they have money to spend on these sorts of things as well as that they also bake from home so compared to somewhere like new york or paris where they you literally use their ovens as storage for like sweatshirts here they actually cook and bake and so i thought you know okay the cake mixes are going to do well here um and i yeah i, I just got excited about LA like five years ago and so I worked really hard on making it happen and then it was almost became I couldn't not you know <laughs> I put too much into it but I've, I have thought to myself a lot of times oh gosh why did I choose America of all places <laughs> yeah what's the kind of plan for everything in LA are there many differences to Auckland or New Zealand in terms of the business and everything I think California is probably more similar to New Zealand than any other part of America. I think here people um, really love good food and they really appreciate it. Um, but but running a business here is a, is a very, very different uh, picture to what it is in New Zealand. Is there more red um, tape and that kind of thing? Oh, like what's, there is what's different? endless red tape. Like Anouk and I looked for a premises to set up our own bakery and for... 12 months and we came close to f signing four different leases we signed LOIs which is like the the first step in signing a lease for four different places and you know used paid lawyers and blah 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 and each time it fell through for a different reason and then we ended up getting like this this kitchen space in the arts district which is fantastic and we're so glad we did it but it's not our own space. It's like a, a commercial kitchen within a kitchen, within like a shared kitchen space, which is the most perfect situation because if we had gone down the route of getting our own space and setting up our own bakery and building out a kitchen, you know, like I've done in New Zealand twice now, quite easily, um, I don't know, we probably would be sleeping in the kitchen right now because <laughs> we had horrible, horrible quotes and horrible just time frames given to us and it was not looking pretty oh so that's worked out quite well and so the, from that kitchen there you're doing cakes for like you're still doing the occasion cakes for birthdays and things over there as well as the baking mixes is that right exactly yeah yeah do you so mix doing... the mixes up there or do you do, do that ship them over from here oh currently they are still being shipped up from new zealand um but we are getting them manufactured on the east coast so we found a place that's going to, you know, manufacture them for us, and we're about, oh, we're about eight weeks away from them being here with us in the US, which is going to change everything. We've got a bit of a rebrand happening, which is very exciting. So, ooh, that all sounds fun. And is there is the made to order cake side of things going well over there? Is there you're seeing people are really into it. It was going well yeah it was and then then there were no gatherings anymore so um yeah it's slowed down a lot but people 
people can still order here for deliveries like it, there was no there was never any restriction on that like there was in New Zealand so we kind of have been able to to bake and deliver if it you know if it's safe and contactless and stuff but because you know most of these orders that are coming through are for like two people so it's not really you know it's, it's definitely no and the weddings we had lined up have been cancelled and blah 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 yeah so it, do you have a team tricky. with you there like are other people doing the baking over there with you too no it's it's literally just me and Anouk and Anouk learnt to bake oh amazing um <laughs> two years ago and when she just kind of got forced to because we had we just were in a pickle and she just as she does she's good at everything she she learned how to bake and she rewrote all the recipe books and like just just killed it and and now she's like my little sous chef oh fantastic I guess it's in her genes so she picked it up naturally (laughs) would you open up a shop like a front-end customer facing shop there at some stage is that the plan yeah maybe it kind of depends on on I guess I guess what I'm saying is the focus is on the cake kits really so for here, yeah, the focus is on those. Um, if we have enough revenue once those start to pick off, to take off, then we will go back into the real estate hunt and try and find something. But yeah, that was always the plan. And then we kind of got a bit discouraged uh, by the red tape. But obviously I would love that. I would like to have to replicate what we have in New Zealand here. I think that because that's your retail space that you've got on Karangahapi Road is a very like unique space and I think I imagine I don't know anything about the LA scene obviously but I imagine mm-hmm. that that would go down really well there so that would be exciting. It would go down well it would but um, it's it's the the problem is the building out of the kitchen because what we discovered was that nowhere was available for lease that had a kitchen already built in. Um, and if you did want to build one in yourself, it was going to cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars and take you twelve months, kind of thing. And and this was not this this was feedback from like a dozen different people, kind of saying, "Oh, don't do it if you're not ready," kind of thing. So yeah, and finding a space that can be both customer facing and production, I'm sure exactly. as you found on K Road, is challenging. It's challenging, yeah. Mm. Oh well, that kind of takes us into back into the real world, the here and now. We kind of we can't ignore that COVID nineteen is still sadly in full swing, and you're obviously in LA. It might be interesting if you could share with us for everyone listening. It's mostly in New Zealand. What is it like over there at the moment, and does it sound quite different to what it's like here? Um, yeah, I think things are pretty different here. Uh, things are closed here. Everything's closed. Um, there are places open for sort of takeout and delivery but um so i guess it, it's almost i guess what you would call alert level three here now but people i think americans are a bit just more free-willed like though people are going out and doing their own thing regardless of what the government's kind of advising them to do is, is sort of what i'm seeing Everyone wears masks and gloves, though. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I hear about New Zealand and it's sort of, 
it sounds like things are ta- being taken much more seriously than here. Mm, yeah I wonder if that's just partly due to the volume of people like we do have obviously a much smaller population and and everyone can kind of get on board and we're all in this together but I I guess you lose that a bit on the scale of America maybe no totally I mean you know just for example like there's this there's this hiking trail right by my house which I like to do once a week and they've put up some yellow tape that says like closed you know hazard whatever because they don't want people kind of congregating on the trail. I see people coming out of there every day, like, like constantly people walking out of the trail. Like, they're still doing it, you know, which is fine because they're all wearing masks. And But it is, it's just a bit like, oh, I know how seriously it's being taken in my home country. And you guys are going to squash it way before it's going to get squashed here. Yeah, hopefully. It sounds like we're on, on track for that, which is exciting. Um, and so in, in like a business sense, I guess you've mentioned that, you know, the gatherings and the weddings and everything that you were doing cakes for have been cancelled, which is it's just such a shame that all those cakes have been postponed. What's the impact of that been like on the caker business-wise? Traumatising, uh, to sum it up. Um, yeah, so sorry. I've... I've never been so sort of stressed in my life really um because you know the the shift to america was was hard enough as it was but we always had the new zealand business which was pumping you know to kind of rely on financially and and that was you know we we were really living off that for like a good year um, and then when that had to close its doors, it was it was really, really scary. I had a really bad day that day. Um, but then, you know, the, then the baking kit started selling quite well. And I started thinking, oh, gosh, everyone's in the same boat. It's not just me. And just kind of taking every day, each day as it comes. And there's, there's other opportunities. Like I'm trying to do more little baking videos and working with brands to to, cool, to, re- to create cool content and there's there's other things you can do and it's, it forces you to be creative, I guess. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not letting it stop me. But, yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it is stressful though. Yeah, and it's just unlike anything, like... You just can't really plan for this and it, you can't operate business expecting something like this to happen or else you'd never do anything. So it's just, yeah, very exactly. unique and, and So true. You could not plan for this. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously next week here, so it's currently the the day before Anzac weekend here that we're chatting. And so next week, yay, we're going, we're going to move to level three, which means that you can start working a little bit here. Um, you've got, I saw you've got some bubble sized cakes, which I thought was really cute. Tell us a bit about your, your plans for level three. Yeah. So we've got bubble sized cakes and we're also doing all of the full size cakes too, but who knows how many orders we'll get for those. But, um, so we will be doing deliveries, contactless deliveries for the bubble-sized cakes. We're just now looking into the click-and-collect situation. I, I just need to find out a bit more about how that works. I guess it's like a curbside pickup thing. So, Because not everyone wants to pay for delivery. Do you know what I mean? Like if they live, in, if they live far away, it's hard for people. So we need to figure that out. Um, but other than that, we're doing... 
a cool little raffle which uh is like a ten dollar raffle and you if you win the the first prize is an all you can eat cake a cake prize for the rest of the year so oh wow kind of crazy <laughs> but then anyone who enters gets their ten dollars back in like cake a credit so that kind of um will stimulate orders for us but also just it's just a cool little thing for people that they get to get ten dollars off their off their next order if they were going to order anyway but the bubble size cakes i think yeah are going to be really popular because they're just little four to six slice guys who um and our three we chose three flavors which we think will kind of suit everyone's needs and yeah we've had lots of people being like it's my birthday i'm so glad i get to eat a cake so good yeah i hope that goes really well and has there been much of a change like bigger picture strategy wise for you guys because i guess you were kind of working on the cake of becoming a bit of a global brand or taking the first steps and now the world's kind of separated out a bit so has that changed much for you bigger picture i guess anuk and i my shift uh thinking had shifted to the baking mixes in the last few months anyway and so we haven't really like our focus really is still on the kits um we've got an incredible team running the bakery in new zealand so we're sort of like not too worried about that and once that once everything reopens there we'll be good to go but the baking kits is where our focus is and that can happen regardless of this situation so yeah we're just we're just putting all our efforts into that Mm. and yeah having like you said at the beginning having a product like that that's non-perishable has really kind of come into its own right now so it's great that you already put all the legwork into that because it would be hard to do starting now yeah and so what can we do um everyone listening what can we do to support the cake and your beautiful business now either if we're in auckland or la or wherever we are what can we do well um yeah as we said the bubble size cake so those are available to order uh from now but delivering uh from tuesday onwards and then um at the little raffle i mentioned as well so it's a ten dollar ticket but then you sort of get it back in the form of cake credit and then of course the baking kits they're available to order around the world but um, we are running out so we need to quickly get our next lot packed and and you know restocked so we're gonna we're working on that but yeah, those, those three things are like where it's at right now. Cool. And yeah, everyone better get in quick for their baking kit. So make sure we get them. <laughs> yeah, um, they I'm are thinking, selling out. Yeah, I'm thinking that'll be a really great uh, lockdown activity. I've got a two-year-old, so that'll be really fun oh, do to you? do with her. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll be so give fun. that a go. Yeah, so just before we wrap up, Jordan, can you quickly share with us maybe one of your favorite quotes or the best piece of advice you've got just to take us out on a, on a positive note? oh okay um i think i I, this is probably not going to be super like uh eloquent but (laughs) go for it i think uh like do what do whatever your passion dictates because i think ultimately you're going to be happiest doing what you love doing regardless of money or whatever else it is just follow your passion 
that's what I did and uh yeah and that's that's how I got to where I am because I just stuck with it stuck with what I love doing nice that's a good that's a good way to take us out and it's obviously served you really well so hopefully that's nice and inspiring for everyone listening so thank you so much Jordan for coming on for a chat especially all the way over there I know that Just the Cake of Business has such a cool history and it sounds like a very exciting future too so I can't wait to see what you're getting up to in LA once business as usual returns hopefully not too far away so thank you Jordan and um, take care over there Thank you so much. This was really fun.